Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hi, listeners. This is Chad Madden with the Grow Your Practice podcast. This is our third installment of our stories from In the Trenches of Private Practice. And in this one, I want to go over a very common concept, which is transitioning, how to transition from working in your business to working on your business. And this comes from uh, the well-known Michael Gerber's E-Myth. And then there's several spinoffs of that. There's a, an e-myth for, I believe, healthcare professionals um, or healthcare, healthcare entrepreneurs. But the idea is um, that most of us who want to grow and scale a practice, want to leave a bigger impact in the community, want to build a practice of value over our 20, 30, 40-year private practice career, that eventually we have to transition in order to scale because there's only so, there's only so many patients that we can see in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year. And eventually we have to bring um, other clinicians on board. We have to team build. We have to work on our business. And that is the emphasis of that. the E-Myth. By the way, that concept has been written about in literally hundreds of other business books. It's not a new concept. Most of us as clinicians, the way that we're wired is we get caught in self-employed mentality. And that's okay. But there is a way to uh, escape that. There is a way to transition through it. And I want to go through and share my personal story with you. So as you may know already, if you're a listener uh, of this podcast, when I first started, when I first opened up, my business plan was for five new patients a week and roughly 50 to 60 visits per week. And the reason that I opened up and went into private practice is my wife was... uh, six months pregnant with our uh, oldest, now oldest son, our oldest of six children. And uh, I, what I wanted to do is I had a lot of pressure on myself and we did this together, um, but to that we wanted to replace her income so that she had the option to return to work or not, because we wanted, we knew that we wanted to have uh, a lot of children. So I wrote a business plan, um, had this in place, five new patients a week. I was in 2000 square feet. And, you know, the thought was if I could hire two or three clinicians over time and had a successful practice um, that, or that that size practice would be successful. So fast forward, uh, maybe a year or two in, um, I was treating uh, literally 7 a.m. to sometimes 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Uh, Sometimes on a Friday, I would get out early, like six o'clock, something like that. I would treat on Saturdays, 8 to 3.30. And then on Sunday evening after dinner, I would go into the office and do basically administrative and the limited marketing of what I knew how to do at the time. It was was pretty elementary. Um, And so if my math is right, that's 70 to 80 hours a week. And we were seeing at that time, 100 to 120 visits a week. It was uh, myself plus... uh, staff of three others. So there were four of us total, two front desk reception billing type positions and uh, one PTA. And I was the PT. And so it was running that. Uh, our business plan was successful. We had basically doubled. Um, the, and, you know, 
the, the one thing that I will give Stephanie much credit for is she pulled me aside uh, and she did this in the right way. And she said, hey, by the way, um, I just want to tell you, you know, like what for you to exceed the business plan this much this early is amazing. And, you know, I'm, I'm very happy now, you know, Jackson is one year old um, at the time and our, our oldest son and we were talking about and she might have even been pregnant with our second son at the time. Um, who knows? But uh, when we had this conversation, she said, you know, essentially the money is great and I'm thankful. However, you're working a lot. And let me, so at this time I am in my late twenties and um, I was uh, not healthy. I had gained weight. I wasn't exercising, wasn't really uh, eating the best, probably wasn't sleeping great. Um, so lots of sacrifice uh, to make this happen, uh, you know, to build the practice in the beginning was very much hustling in business, but um, it, neglecting a lot, it, not only my personal health, but also the health of my family. And she said, uh, I don't want you to, you know, our kids to grow up and not know who you are. And I, I can remember, you know, going home and we had this little two bedroom condo and, you know, basically, um, some nights I, I would get 15, 30 minutes with Jack um, and it was pretty much his bedtime routine and I'm tucking him in and that's all I would see him on that day. And she said, you know, that this just, you just can't do this forever. So you've got to, you've got to figure it out. And um, yeah, it was, it was a little tough to stomach at the time. Um, but yeah, luckily she delivered it again from a great place, you know, had the acknowledgement in there. Um, uh, what wasn't really being overly critical of me. And I was like, well, you know, let's, what can we do here? And I said, what's the most important thing to you? And she said, I, I want you home for dinner. And she said, that's just really important. Um, I think as a family is that we eat dinner together at night. And I said, okay, great. So, um, and I, it wasn't perfect. And what I want you to pay attention to here is the transition, the stepwise progression that took years to implement. And I didn't go from working 70 to 80 hours a week down to, I mean, essentially today I'm working one to three hours a week in the private practice. We have 80 to 90 employees right now. You know, we're at a, an 8 million plus uh, a year revenue run rate, um, et cetera. But it, it, that didn't happen overnight, right? It, it took years to get there. So the first thing that we did after that conversation with Steph and we, we talked about the importance of the dinners is we said, okay, no, no Saturdays. So eliminated um, going to the, going to work on the weekends um, and as, especially to see patients. And uh, so we condensed the schedule down to uh, 40 to 45 hour treatment week. And it was basically seven to seven Monday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday. And then I would see patients like seven to noon or seven to one on Tuesday and Friday. So that at least gave me uh, two nights during the week that I was home for dinner at a decent time. And the other three nights that I was working until seven, um, I was home a, a little bit earlier, at least an hour earlier than, I, than what I was before. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say there is uh, that there, there was a bad reflex, right? And it was, uh, you know, this desperation of trying to get patients in and everything else. And what we noticed is that if I just put up boundaries with the front desk, 
Um, and it, they caught on very quick within a few weeks. We just said, listen, we're not going to schedule outside of this. I'm not going to come in on a Saturday when somebody calls, you know, Friday afternoon. Um, and they have, we're not, we're not going to do that anymore. So I know um, that's a little controversial and, you know, maybe uh, you decide to do that. But what I found is that putting up those boundaries, it allowed me the space to start thinking about the growth of the business. So we got it from 70 to 80 hours a week down to 40 to 45 hours a week. And then what it gave me on Tuesday and Friday afternoon when I wasn't treating is um, time to focus on planning, focus on marketing, focus on hiring, uh, building personnel, building teams, et cetera. In 2006, so three years after opening, hired three PTs in about four weeks. And I had never hired a PT before for the private practice. Um, at that time, what that allowed me to do was go from treating 40 hours a week uh, and take a step back to 22 hours a week. So I basically bought myself six hours on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday uh, because uh, one of the other therapists would, we, we shared a schedule, but um, she would treat from nine to three and I would treat from seven to nine and then um, three to seven in the evening. Um, and what I did during that time was marketing, planning, focusing on uh, looking at metrics, looking what was going on in our business. And uh, the thing, looking back, I didn't realize it at the time. I thought I was doing very important work, um, but I, I had no economy of movement. I, I, you know, as a business owner, I really didn't understand uh, what I understand today, right? And so the thing that I want to share in the takeaways, which I'll get into here in a little bit, is you're going to have to give yourself some grace during that time. So if you're a, a toddler, essentially, figuratively speaking, in terms of a business owner, and you're expecting that the second that you go from a 45 hour treatment week and you back it down to 25 hours or similarly, and now you have 20 hours a week to work on your business that you know exactly what to do, you're extremely efficient and you're making big decisions. I'm here to tell you that's not likely gonna be the case unless you have some exception, you grew up in a business family, you're just hardwired for uh, business and uh, growth and scaling, et cetera usually not the case. For most of us that are wired as clinicians, it's going to take a while to learn that new skill set, right? You're not going to expect a two-year-old to be running um, as efficiently as a, an 18-year-old, right? And it's the same exact thing here. So um, the, yeah, so you're going to have some, some issues with economy of movement as you're going through the process. The next, so that was 2006. Two years later, um, had completely replaced myself uh, within the clinic. Was out of treatment, um, although not for long. And the thing that I want to share with you is from uh, 2005 to 2008, uh, as I had scaled back, we actually grew the business 600%. So we went from, uh, in the very beginning, it was uh, 80 visits a week. Uh, the equivalent of it would be going from 80 visits a week to 480, which is um, very close to what we did, right? Uh, so yeah, just to give you an idea um, of how powerful it can be just to remove yourself and have the comfort to replace yourself um, working in the business. So some big takeaways here. Uh, number one is uh, you can control the boundaries on your schedule and once you do it, once you commit to it, go in, uh, don't put toe in the water, 
right? Don't put your toe in the water. Go in and be committed to it. So if you decide that you're going to treat 40 hours a week and you lay those hours out, fit all patients, all treatment time into the, those hours. That's big point number one. What normally gets in the way is we'll start scheduling patients over lunch or we'll schedule a patient early in the morning or late, you know, tax somebody on at the end the end of the evening. And you're going to have to have some discipline and boundaries in the beginning. What you're going to see is that fairly quickly, um, your team and also uh, patients in general, like the, everybody will start respecting you more for your time because you're respecting your time more, right? You need that space to think about how to grow your business, how to leave a bigger impact, how to uh, build your team up, how to take a look at how your processes are, and systems are working. So get be disciplined with your schedule and and don't violate the, the plan that you've laid out don't let those other um nice to haves creep in and i i know that's tough i know we want to help people um we're all wired that way but uh just avoid doing that at all costs the greater that you avoid bending the oddly the greater impact you'll have um it, very counterintuitive, but that's what I've seen work not only in my own personal situation, but also with other clinicians and practice owners as well. Number two is, uh, I, I mentioned grace before, give yourself great, give yourself some permission to fall a few times, right? To, to stumble as you're working on your business. If the only thing that you know how to do is treat patients and all of a sudden you have an open hour block, an open four hour block, and you're expecting to know exactly what to do, that's going to be rough. And I, I can tell you essentially what I did in the beginning is I started to focus on marketing, on fo you know, focus on driving uh, new patients was the first thing. I started looking at our billing, like just auditing and following a few patients through and you know, found some errors about how we were leaving money on the table. Um, I also uh, got a lot more in depth with our metrics and how to look at our business. Um, I would, so other helpful information in there that uh, eventually fell into as well, um, stumbled upon over the years is uh, look at the processes. So you may think that because you told the receptionist to say something that he or she are automatically saying that same thing with your therapist or any other position, you, you have to look and, and check it, right? So when you replace yourself within the clinic, it doesn't mean your job is done and you get to cash in your chips and sit under the mango tree. That's not how it works. You have to, the right role as you become more and more of your time is devoted to executive functions is that um, you're looking at what's going on. So it's sitting in on a, an evaluation every once in a while um, with, your, with your clinicians. It's auditing uh, a, a chart auditing a, a patient record and following a patient through and seeing how your processes are, are working and seeing if something dropped out. It's um, you know walking through the clinic and just observing what's going on. I, I've noticed you know uh, the, one of my one of the things that I look for is a organization within the clinic, right And it's it's not perfect it, it, by any means. But when I walk through, like, is the equipment put back where it needs to be put back? Is it clean? You know, is everything orderly um, or is it disheveled? And you want to start paying attention to that. Look at your business 
and what's going on. The, the corrective function will pretty much scream out if you just start paying attention to what is going on via the metrics, via actually looking at, at, at your business. So that was big point number two, give yourself some grace. Um, I liked, so what I got into eventually is uh, the um, Tuesdays would be um, primarily de devoted to marketing and uh, business growth. So that might be um, also personnel, marketing personnel on Tuesday afternoon from like one to five. And then Fridays, I would be focused on uh, metric review and, and planning. Um, and th that was a fairly loose schedule, but you're going to want to stick to something similar to that. So one was discipline schedule, two was grace. Number three is, um, which I already talked about a bit, but, but it's look, right? The most important function that you can do as a business owner is look at what is going on in the business. And I'm gonna give you an example. Um, we, so uh, I had gone through a training with a gentleman named uh, Guy, I wanna say his last name was Parsons. Guy owned a, uh, a, a custom fitting bike shop and uh, they were making, and, and I mean, custom fitting like super high end uh, road racing bikes. You know, this is, um, they're basically measuring, you know, with micrometers and small degrees. And he, uh, Guy is a, a business development genius and he created something called the value stream. And what he did is he laid out but what do we have to do to produce one of these, you know, three to $10,000 bicycles? What does this look like? And um, the one example that he gave was he's, and, you know, he basically broke the business down, the, the creation of the bike, the value stream into five or six, maybe seven key steps. And one of those steps was uh, what they would do is, that, you know, they would take measurements of the rider and then uh, every uh, angle on the bike was different. So let, let, let's just call it a, a, the crossbar angle, right? Um, so where the crossbar meets uh, the seat post, by the way, I'm not a custom bike guy, but you, you understand what I'm trying to say, where the, the bars on the bike connect, the bike frame connect. Um, they, you know, that it could be 37.7 degrees, it could be 35.2 degrees, it could be uh, 32.9 degrees, and they had basically infinite variations for every one of these angles on the bike. And what they, what they learned to do is um, basically go in, it was either five or 10 degree increments. So what was um, infinite number of options, they got it down to, I think it was maybe five different options, right? Five different degrees for this. And it's kind of like, you know, when you and I go to buy jeans and you're uh, 34, 32, right? Like it, they're not custom fit jeans, but they're pretty close, right? Like they tend to fit or whatever your, your size is. Um, so the, what he did is he went through and um, I forget the exact numbers, but they were basically, uh, I believe breaking even on the production of the bike when he took the company over. And uh, once they implemented this system, once he looked at the business, once he uh, simplified it and got, and got it very smooth, got the processes in place, and then made sure the team was implementing the processes uh, that they agreed on and created, uh, they, they ended up having tremendous margin, you know, 20, 30, 40% margin. Um, and then I think he was eventually bought by Trek, 
if, if I remember correctly, um, the, the, the story. But anyhow, it, the, the whole process of, of revolutionizing that business came from him going through and looking at every step, every process when he took over the business. You want to have that same exact approach that guy took in the, uh, the bike building business, custom uh, road racing uh, business in your PT practice. So look, you know, when a patient calls in to your office, what is the receptionist saying? How does she talk to the patient on the phone? Is there something there that, uh, you know, um, is there something there that the receptionist is doing very well? And maybe you have four other receptionists that you want them uh, copying what Jill is doing or whoever your front desk person is? Um, or is there uh, room for improvement, right? Then once they come in, what does the intake process look like? What does the insurance authorization process look like? The financial plan and presentation look like? What does it look like when the physical therapist, the, the chiropractor, the podiatrist, the functional medicine doctor, whoever the clinician is, when they're presenting, the occupational therapist, when they're presenting the plan of care to the patient and they're doing the eval on that first visit, what does that look like? What does the treatment progression look like? Um, and the, the treatment execution look like with any assistance that you may have and the clinicians? What does it look like when the patient graduates? What does their communication look like from your marketing team um, to reactivate them in the future? You know, is there a graduation day? What, what are they doing there? You constantly wanna be looking um, at your business, what is going on? And you can do it physically and you can do it through metrics. I recommend and this is what I see from the best business owners is they do both, right? You can get a snapshot um, through auditing of what, uh, the, how well your processes are working. Obviously you can't watch, you can't listen to every uh, new patient calling your practice, right? You can't watch every eval. That, that would be impossible to do as you grow and scale. It's, and that isn't scalable, not the best use of your time, but you can go into one eval a month, right? And keep an eye on it. Um, the other thing that you can do as you scale is you can look at your, your key metrics. In the beginning, for most of us, you know, we're tracking uh, essentially new patients or new plans of care, total number of visits, income or revenue, um, and att attendance rate or utilization rate, right? As we go along, um, each one of those tends to expand. So as we work ourselves out of treating all the time and more to working on the business, um, what that allows us to do is uh, go deeper with our metrics. And we have submetrics, you know, that drive the main metrics, et cetera. So big takeaways, number one is discipline schedule. Takeaway number two is give yourself some grace. Number three is make sure you're looking at your business using both auditing that we talked about and um, metrics as well. Hope you very much enjoyed uh, this story from inside the trenches of uh, private practice PT. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.